Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. Worked out over the years that that question was a really good one of unpacking things that was going on in people's lives. Don't ask, are they religious? Lots of people shut down. Ask, are they spiritual? And he was right. It led to all kinds of really interesting conversations. And I think that's because spirituality is kind of a buzzword in our culture. Uh, We were were shopping in Bromley yesterday, and we went into uh, Waterstones for a bit, and if you've been in there, you'll know that there's a whole section devoted to spirituality. And you see this staggering range of of options for for spiritual engagement. Here's how they describe that, that section of the shop. From Greek myths to Britain's haunted places... And from stoic wisdom to magic, discover our selection of best-selling books on spirituality and beliefs for advice on living well and exploring the meaning of life. So spirituality, a popular pursuit in our culture. And these next six weeks of our evening services, together we're going to be thinking about what a, a truly healthy spirituality is, what that kind of looks like day in, day out. And this evening we'll be thinking about how a a genuinely healthy spirituality, it begins with, with being changed from the inside by Jesus, by his grace. That's how it begins. That's how it continues. So that's what we're thinking about this evening, changing. And in the following weeks, we'll think about uh, gathering, meeting like this as God's people together in worship, uh, reading the, the central importance of the Bible in our spiritual lives, prayer, fasting, the kind of fuel that keeps us going as Christians, sharing the gospel with those around us, as David's just been praying, and then and serving the community, uh, those around us in love. So that's where we're going the next uh, few weeks together. And our prayer is that there'll be something in this series for each one of us. Maybe we uh, are quite a new Christian, or we're thinking about following Jesus, and we want to kind of know what does it look like, as it were, day in and day out, to follow Christ. Uh, this will be for you. It might be that you... You've been a follower of Jesus a while, but it feels like things have kind of, I don't know, stagnated a bit, and you want kind of, as it were, a shot in the arm to be reminded to keep going and growing in Christ. Or maybe uh, in good conscience, you'd say this evening, look, I, things are going well. I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to follow the Lord, seeking to honor him. And well, for you, as the scriptures say in 1 Thessalonians, we want this more and more for you, for each one of us, that we would grow more and more uh, healthy spirituality. So something for each of us. And just as we begin, it will be lovely to uh, interact a bit with those around us. There's refreshments over there. Uh, While you maybe grab some refreshments, get those, an option of something to think about together. You don't have to. You can just check in, catch up, uh, or if you prefer just to to sort of uh, think about these yourself, you can. But if you'd like to talk with those near you about this question, um, Here's my question. What aspects of life, uh, what's the biggest life change you've gone through? What are some of the biggest life changes you've gone through? And try and kind of get beneath that a bit. What changed? 
uh, what changed for you inside, what, what, what outside. So what are some of the biggest changes you've gone through uh, in your life? We'll just talk about that uh, and grab some refreshments for three or four minutes, and then I'll continue.
great. Let's, uh, we're going to gather back in and continue to think about what we've just been talking about in a few moments. Uh, before that, we're going to have our reading. Uh, we're going to be looking at one verse in particular of this reading, uh, Mark 1, verse 15. But we want to just uh, read it in context, so we're faithful to it. So Xanthi's going to come and read uh, the first part of Mark, chapter 1, to us. So do grab your Bibles. Uh, it will be on the screen as well. So I'm reading from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole of Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the river Jordan. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. At once, the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. This is God's word. Thanks, Anthony. Well, I wonder what um, what life changes you were talking about with each other earlier. Uh, one of the biggest ones for me was when I, I started my Marks and Spencer graduate management training. I moved to uh, Camberley in Surrey. And basically everything changed at once. So new job, uh, remembered getting a, two pages of abbreviations of all the MS terminology to get your head around. Uh, new colleagues, uh, some great, some not so. Uh, new church that I had to find locally, get to know people there, new small group, all of that, all those new relationships, uh, a new area that I didn't know at all. All in one, everything changes. Uh, how I use my time. Uh, who I saw socially, what church life looked like, how I used uh, the money that I was now bringing in. All of that changes at once. I wonder for you what some of those big, uh, your biggest life changes have been. Well, those are massive moments in our lives. God cares about them deeply, about every detail of our lives. But actually, tonight he's going to speak to us about the biggest life change that can happen for every one of us, that needs to happen for every one of us. 
And that is what Mark chapter 1 verse 15 is talking about. Here's Jesus. He's right at the start of his public ministry. And here are the very first words that Mark records coming from the lips of Jesus at the start of his ministry. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus' message first announced by him, then by his followers, his disciples, and then by all of his followers since, was that we need to repent and believe the good news. That that is the the biggest life change that needs to happen for each one of us. That is where genuine, healthy spirituality begins, with this decision to follow Jesus. And so if that's where spirituality, healthy spirituality begins, if that's the biggest life change that needs to happen for each of us, we need to know well, how does that happen? What does it mean to repent and believe the good news? Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Now, the clue to what that uh, is talking about is in the other verse, the, the words just before that. So Jesus says, the kingdom of God has come near. Now, that gives us a clear clue to what he's talking about. Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God has come near in him. He's bringing the kingdom of God so what does this kingdom of God mean? Well, put simply, it is, it is anywhere where Jesus is acknowledged as king, where Jesus is treated as king. There is loads more we could say about the kingdom of God, but this is essential, fundamental. The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is treated as king. So God the Father, God the Son and Spirit made the universe. And so Jesus, who made the universe, he has the rightful ownership over it. And his kingdom grows wherever people trust that. They trust him and they start to live with him as their king. So Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus said that we need to repent. And that is because all of us naturally do not live with Jesus as our king. We don't treat him as our king. And that is so infinitely serious in the sight of a holy God that at Jesus, more than anyone else in the scriptures, says that that left on our own without something to intervene, that deserves God's judgment. To be cut off from God forever in hell. So repenting and believing the good news, that means turning our back on living without God as our king, starting to live with him as our king. Instead of living as if we are the king of our lives, beginning to live with Jesus, who really is the king, in charge of our lives. So that is the biggest life change imaginable. Going from living our own way, going to live Jesus' way. That is the start of a truly healthy spirituality. So here's the really important question for us this evening. This is the next thing we're going to see. If that's what it means to repent and believe the gospel, how do I know if I've repented and believed the gospel? How can, how can you be confident? How can I be confident that this biggest change that needs to happen that it's actually happened in my life, that I'm no longer fundamentally living for myself, but for for Jesus as king. Uh, For me, I'm confident this happened for me in my early teens. Uh, I was brought up in a Christian home, uh, but about 13, 14, sometime around there, our church uh, went away for some youth group weekends away, and over a couple of years, uh, I realized uh, Jesus has died for me, and he's, he's, he's got a claim on my life, 
And I realized that I needed to respond. It could be something that I relied on my parents for. I needed to respond myself in repentance and faith. I needed to trust in Jesus and his death for me and start living for him as king. Now, as I said, I can't remember exactly the moment that happened. It was sometime over those kind of that two years. But I'm confident that it happened. And the reason I'm confident of that is that over the years, I found myself wanting to become more like Jesus. So specific areas of my life began to change, where before I could see ways that I was only living for myself, I could begin to see ways that I was trying to live for Jesus. Falteringly, yes, but I could see those ways as Jesus started to become king of my life. Uh, This kind of change is sometimes described as if um, uh, our life was a house and Jesus moves into our house. And when repentance happens, what starts to happen is that Jesus occupies the different rooms of our house. He comes in and he begins to occupy the different parts of our house as we acknowledge him as king. And so repentance, that looks like uh, starting to live his way, allowing him in to all of the different rooms of our life as he gradually makes us more like himself, at work that he's going to keep on doing all the way through uh, to when we meet him in glory. Now, so whether you can point to a specific moment in your life, uh, or like for me, there was a, a sort of period of time over which you came to trust Christ, it doesn't really matter which one of those it is. God is gloriously working in it, either of those ways, a one-off decision or gradually. The key thing that matters is, has this happened for us? Has it happened for you? Have you, have you undergone, are you undergoing this change of having repented for living your own way and starting to live Jesus' way. Uh, Now, some of us here will be people who have what we might call tender consciences. You feel very deeply and very quickly the burden of your sin, uh, uh, your guilt. You're quick to spot your failures. Um, uh, Maybe sometimes even you, uh, in your worst moments, you kind of doubt your salvation. You doubt that Jesus has really saved you. I want to say just really clearly Uh, If you're someone who's trusted in Christ, um, and that is you, um, the next kind of couple of minutes aren't really so much for you. Um, I I want you to hear this evening the the glorious assurance of your salvation. So I don't want you to feel unnerved by the next couple of minutes. Uh, It's not primarily you I have in mind, and I believe the Spirit's got in mind. The next couple of minutes, I'm speaking to people who maybe uh, uh, have call themselves followers of Jesus or don't even call themselves followers, but who who Jesus isn't actually king for. So I'm speaking to someone who isn't living with Jesus as king, Uh, someone who hasn't actually let Jesus into the the house, as it were, of their lives. Uh, It might be that you you know that's the case for you. Uh, You hear this talk of Jesus king and you just know very clearly Jesus is not my king. Or it might be that because of over the years you've maybe come to church quite a bit or you've been around Christian things, you would call yourself a Christian, but actually if you search deep down, you know that Jesus isn't your king. Uh, You know that because he doesn't fundamentally alter the direction of your life, the things that you choose to do or think about or say, the big decisions you make in life, uh, the little decisions you make each day, the company you keep, the things that you do. He doesn't make a difference fundamentally as king in those areas of your life. And so if that is you, I just want to encourage you to, to think about the different areas of your life for a moment, the different, as it were, houses in your life. 
the different rooms. Uh, picture perhaps the hallway. The hallway represents the places that you come from and that you go to in your life. And I, I want to ask you, do, does the hallway of your life speak of someone who is following Jesus, who, who's living with Jesus as king? Or picture the kitchen uh, where we eat and drink. Um, just the kind of things you eat, does how much you drink, does that speak of, of someone following Jesus as king? And maybe picture your bedroom. Uh, think about uh, what you choose to do there, uh, where you choose to go online there when no one's watching. Does it speak of Jesus as king? As you think of those in other rooms in your life, if you're honest and you, you, you say to yourself, no, Jesus isn't actually king of, of my life. If you see that, that he's not king over there as there is, it's possible that you, you have never really repented and trusted in Jesus. And if that's you, then later in the service, I'm going to uh, say a prayer, which would be an opportunity for you to commit your life to Jesus for the first time. And if you realize that's you this evening, can I urge you to do that? It's the most important eternity-shaping uh, difference between heaven and hell and the most glorious start to, to living a Christian life and to knowing Jesus is your king. I urge you to take that step this evening. That will happen a bit later in the service. So Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. We see, we've seen a bit what it means to repent, to believe. Uh, it means to confess that we've lived as if, if we were king and start living with Jesus as king. Uh, we've thought about how we can know whether that change has happened in our life or not. And now finally, what does it mean to keep on repenting and believing the good news, to keep on changing? Uh, now, once a person uh, trusts in Christ, uh, they're absolutely saved. Uh, nothing can alter that reality. Nothing in all creation, Romans 8 says, can separate us from the love of God. Uh, so the author to the Hebrews, he writes this, Jesus saved us. If we trust in him, he saved us once for all by his own blood, thus attaining eternal re redemption. So once we are truly saved, we're always saved. But although that's true, our salvation is once for all, uh, the need for us to, as it were, keep on repenting, uh, keep on believing afresh in the gospel, that goes on throughout our Christian lives. Healthy spirituality involves ongoing change day by day in our lives. And the best way to get a sense of this, or what it kind of looks and feels like in a person, is to think of others that we know and see the change that's happening in their lives because they're trusting Jesus as king. I saw this very clearly in the life of uh, a friend of mine a few years ago. We, we grew up in that same youth group that I mentioned, and we became really close friends. By the end of that time, we were going off to university, and we committed to one another that we wanted to keep in close contact, that we wanted to uh, pray for each other and update each other regularly as we were in different places. What was going on in life? How could we pray and support and encourage and challenge at times one another. And, uh, and this friend of mine, he, he really showed me in that time what it looked like to be someone who was, who was trying to live with Jesus King, who was letting, inviting Jesus into each of the rooms of the house of his life. So he, privileged to look back on some of our emails this week. And here are some of the things he asked me for prayer for over those years. Uh, he had a brief period of depression, uh, what he would have described, I think, as a spiritual depression. Um, seeing that he'd lost sight of uh, the cross, that, that uh, worries about his future, that his future direction had kind of 
uh, consumed uh, his mind so much that he lost sight of the cross. And he was able to say to me that he was fighting for joy. He was, he was trying to be thankful each day for the cross. And gradually I was able to see that, that period of depression lift as we prayed together. Uh, he got involved in loads of different great things at university, all great things, but he realized um, after a time that they were kind of crowding out uh, his desire to spend time with uh, the, the not-yet-Christians in his life and to, to tell them about the faith that he found. And so, again, he asked me to pray. Uh, and very concretely, he was asking me to pray for a friend who had agreed to read the Bible with him, uh, to, to read a bit of the gospel with him. And he did that, and wonderfully, this friend was able to see a bit more to taste and see a bit more of who Jesus is. Uh, another time he wrote to me about how uh, he'd been preparing to give a talk at the Christian Union, the, the CU, and um, as he was preparing this talk, he felt really convicted about uh, the kind of conversations he was having, uh, the way he used his tongue, and uh, so we were able to pray about that. And the same thing was true for me. There were a whole bunch of things where I was asking, please pray for me, I want to be more like Jesus. And as I saw that happen in him, I saw this change. As he grew more like Jesus, the spirituality of, of each day coming to Jesus, asking for his forgiveness afresh and receiving his mercy. So I wonder what it will look like for you to keep on repenting and believing the gospel, the good news. Uh, my guess is that many of us wouldn't have a problem saying that Jesus is the king of our lives. Um, but does that translate? How does that translate just day to day? Is there daily repentance, uh, ongoing change? Where are you telling yourself uh, that Jesus is your king, but actually uh, not allowing him to change you? Are there, are there rooms in your life uh, which you kind of put a keep out sign over, as it were, from Jesus? We are trying to keep him out from from living his way, his good and gracious ways. See, one part of uh, healthy spirituality is regular daily confession. Um, that's something I'd really encourage us. If, uh, if we don't yet have a, a habit of, of spending some time with God each day, that is a brilliant thing to start. The Bible doesn't say you must do it, but it's a, Christians have found out a wonderful way of keeping up their relationship with Jesus, enjoying his grace each day. And it can help just to, to spend some time just bringing to God things from the previous day or at the end of the day, bringing those things to God and saying, Lord Jesus, I, I know that I was trying to shut you out of that room of my life today. Please forgive me. Please remind me of your grace. It's regular confession, that is a really healthy part of Christian spirituality. That is a really healthy thing to do. It's a really freeing thing to do. Um, and, uh, and I found it an enormous blessing spiritually. Countless Christians have. Uh, we, we can all live uh, experience the blessing and the freedom of that. And so that's what we're going to do, do now in the next few minutes. We're going to enter a time of, of kind of response for ourselves and confession. Um, and there's two kind of main ways we might be responding this evening. For some of us, it might be that uh, this is the appropriate moment to commit ourselves to King Jesus for the first time, to say, I know I've been living my own way, but I want to live your way. And if that's you, in a few moments, I'm going to read it, a prayer. Um, I'll read it slowly, and you can repeat it in the silence of your heart. If you want to take this moment to commit to the Lord Jesus your life, to say, I want to start following you. So that's the first 
a way we might want to respond. Let me lead us in that prayer. As I say, I'll read it slowly and you can uh, echo it in your heart if this is something you want to do today. Dear God, I know that I am not worthy to be accepted by you. I'm guilty of rebelling against you and ignoring you. I need your forgiveness. Thank you for sending your son to die for me that I might be forgiven. Thank you that he rose again to give me new life. Please forgive me and change me that I may live with Jesus as my king. Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer just now, um, and say you've made the most important, eternity-changing uh, decision you could ever make, um, and we would love to know about that, so please, please do come and share it with me or with John or with Stu or someone else on the team or, or someone you know and trust here uh, so that we can help you to think about what it means to start following Jesus, to, to really invite him into all the different rooms of your life. Uh, the appropriate response for others of us this evening might be to uh, confession of a place where a house, a place in the house of our lives where we've not been allowing Jesus in. Uh, so again, I'm going to lead us in another prayer uh, of confession for us uh, that we can again echo in our hearts. Um, after that, the band's going to play a song for us, uh, that song from the beginning, the real thing, as a chance for us to reflect uh, further. And we might want to, as, as they play, uh, we might want to reflect uh, think about that picture in the, uh, the room in the house of our lives uh, where we've been trying to keep Jesus out. Pray into that. Uh, as you mentioned, there's also prayer ministry available uh, over by that banner over there. Love those on prayer ministry if you're able to go there uh, now, so we're prepared for that. Um, you might want to go and pray for, for something that the Lord has laid on your heart from, from this evening. Uh, so can I invite the band up? Um, and as they come up, I'm going to lead us in this uh, prayer of confession uh, that will enable us to, to take those areas of our life where we've been keeping Jesus from King uh, to the Lord. So here's the prayer. Father God, you have brought us into your kingdom, but we run from you daily and worship other gods. We love food, sex, our jobs, titles, bodies, good works, possessions, family and friends, more than we love you. We crave approval, power, respect, comfort, and are willing to sin frequently to get them. By being devoted to our idols, we displease you and become devoted to creation rather than to you, our creator. We live in bondage to hard taskmasters that leave us feeling empty, alone and full of shame. Forgive us, Lord. Tempted, tried, and often failing, we now look to you for strength. Thank you, Jesus, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. You have taken on the great burden of these sins that we cannot bear. And so we are now bound to your grace, our Savior. I pray you would now come and free us from all that rules our hearts beside you from every room in the house of our lives we've been keeping off limits to you. 
deliver us from slavery to our besetting sins by constantly reminding us of your amazing love for us. Make us more like you each day. Help us to to hate those things that will keep us from you. Those areas where we shut you out of our life so that we might be more devoted to you, our King, the one in whom we find delight, fulfillment, and true rest. Amen. The band are going to lead lead us as we continue to reflect. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week. Thank you.